Bring your daughter to the slaughter. It's the last episode of Iron Maiden. The Hit the Light podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit the Light podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light podcast with me, Big Frog. And me, Mike Castleberry, back at it again. Yes, back at it again, and we are on our last episode of Iron Maiden. Uh, Coming Huh? I was say, potentially our last episode uh, recording at the San Diego Public Library. Right, that could be, um, which uh, it's been an adventure, Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> it's been, uh, yeah, no, it's been fun. Uh, I've never actually been to the, to the this library before until we started recording. Okay. Um, I'd heard about it. Yeah. So it's been fun coming down and seeing the tweakers and right. the hobos yeah. and having the you know, the intercom interrupt our right our uh, episodes and shit. Yeah. It's been nice to see what we got instead of a new stadium. Yeah. You know, so yeah, cool. You know, so <laughs> or at least using it. Uh, yeah. Which I mean it is cool. There's a lot of resources and shit here that it's cool that you can use it, you yeah. know. But, uh, yeah, no, I'll be, I mean, you know, the cops followed me in here today. Yeah. So I'll be glad not to be having to come down here. You, you know, you really have to pay attention when you're driving down here, too, with all the, everybody, like, yeah, just getting ready to dart into the street and everything. Yeah. But plus, you got, like, you know, cops mad-dogging you, walking by the yeah. rooms or yeah. uh, the, uh, you know, library cop yeah. knocking on the door to tell us just to shut the fuck <laughs> up, basically. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> so yeah, no. Hopefully, starting next week, we're gonna be uh, recording at my new apartment. Um, be less of a journey for Big Frog. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't have to take me home anymore because we'll be doing it at my home. Right. So that'll be nice. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I figured that'd be a fun, not metal news, just update that you know, hey, our, our recording is gonna suddenly be significantly less. Echoey. Less echoey. Um, Might even have some like background music. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, because we could like, hey, let's let's listen to this real quick. And, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it gives us some options there, uh, right. as long as we don't annoy my wife too much. There you go. Um, that's the key. So you know, she can read out on the balcony or something. For there an you hour. go. There you go. So, um, so last week we were talking about. The comings and goings of of uh, of Maiden, Diano's gone. Bruce came in, and we were on that early Bruce era, and then obviously he left again. I mean, I mean he left. Yeah. Right. And uh, one thing that you brought up, like we always after we get done recording, we always have these bright ideas. Of, <laughs> you know. And one thing that you brought up was kind of comparing, you know. Um, Diano and the Maiden situation, kind of with the Ozzy Sabbath situation. Yeah. And um, except for when Diano left, he didn't do shit. Yeah, he did. Uh, like he did some really terrible yeah. stuff. So it really kind of it lets you know who the talent in the band was. Yeah, in a way. Because when Bruce left Maiden, he did some pretty cool solo stuff. Better than the Maiden stuff that yeah. was at the same time, I think. 
you know. Yeah. So that's kind of a a pretty big talent gap there because yeah, I I, I honestly I love the the Pauliano albums. Right. I like the first one more than Killers. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing against Killers, but my takeaway on those two two albums is that uh, Killers has the better sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, the self-titled album has their songs. Okay. That's just kind of how I feel. I don't know. There's something, you know, a little more catchy about the songs on that first album. And it's, you know, it's like people say, even when, you know, when Steve's talking about it and when they record the first album, your first album is the easiest one to record. Obviously, yeah. You know, it's just all the shit you've been working on for years now. Mm-hmm. It's all, this is what you've been playing. You play the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah, this is your set list. And then when you have to start sitting down and writing new songs specifically for an album, it gets a little more difficult. I do think Killers, it has some kick-ass songs on it. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, there's something about just, you know, Prowler and Running Free and Iron Maiden and Charlotte the Harlot and, and so on and so forth. Right. That... Just slightly, slightly put it above uh, Killers for me, just song-wise. Right. You know, um, for me, I kind of get that that syndrome that I always that I always get because, like, and and it happened to me earlier today too because I was thinking that some of the songs that are on Power Slave were actually on Peace of Mind. Yeah. So because, you start mix mashing yeah. them together. Yeah. Because I had them on the same tape, you know, yeah. so it would, whatever, and I had Killers and Iron Maiden, obviously, on the same tape. And so, sometimes I lose, I lose track of what's on what. If I sit down and think about it, then I can, yeah. you know. And actually, I mean, I think I like Killers better. Uh, well, this podcast is over by yeah. <laughs> but Because of the, like, because of the direction. You know, yeah. like I felt like it was really going in a good direction. Mm-hmm. You know, like the song "Killers" is basically a thrash metal song. You know, yeah. if you if you uh, and if and if they would have kept on going with that in that direction, that would have been something. You know, uh, I would have dug that. You know, I I can see that. I do think "Killers" is kind of like a more speed metal vibe going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that they didn't. They never went back to right that you know once you know once Bruce was in the band they shifted gears completely mm-hmm. and that's why I was making that comparison with um, you know Ozzy leaving Sabbath and Dio joining them how it was such a transformative right. thing that Sabbath with Dio it's just a completely different beast Come even on. even with everyone else being the same mm-hmm. from the prior pre- records they just mesh a different way and it's mm-hmm. a completely different sound totally. so I get that when I was, I try to get people more into the Dio era stuff that are like the Aussie only Sabbath mm-hmm. and I say no you gotta fucking listen to this it's fucking good right and a friend of mine he gave it a shot and he was like oh this is pretty kick ass mm-hmm. he's like but it's just not Black Sabbath to me Right. He's like, it's a, it's just a, it, to me, like the Dioness of it all overpowers everything else. Like mm-hmm. he's like, it's to him, it's a, a Dio album. Right. That happens to have Tony Iommi on it, yeah. shit like that, as right. opposed to like 
what he looks for in Black Sabbath. And right. even I can, when I'm holding up the later Sabbath albums, I'm like, this is the direction they're going in anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's but, kind of the same thing. Once Bruce joins, there's a radical shift in the sound. Totally. And, and the thing else. about that is there's probably a few people who were like, well, this isn't really Maiden. You know, Maiden was that shit. The first, yeah. you know, but the thing is, is that the number of people that feel that way is so small. Oh yeah, no, because there, were, yeah, there is definitely. I've read stuff that um, Bruce's uh, the, the nickname, the uh, air raid siren mm-hmm. thing that you know people got. That came off of um, someone reviewing uh, Number of the Beast, mm-hmm. where it wasn't like a review review, it was some fan review type thing that. Uh, some guy was just like, I fucking hate this new singer. He sounds like a fucking air raid siren. Right. So it's supposed to be a diss. Yeah. But like, then it's hey, like, that. Yeah. so there are people that in those early days are like, fuck this. This yeah. isn't made in anymore. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Who's this fancy guy? Yeah. With all these notes. Fucking Bruce Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, it is, you know. But one thing that, like, that Lonnie said last night, we've been on, on the maiden kick, you know, and, and, uh, and so she gets on board real fast. And she was just like, um, she goes, but you know what? But in, throughout the whole thing, there's always something identifiable that you can tell that's maiden. Yeah. You know, and, and they kept that. Even though they changed directions, they still kept, you mm-hmm. know, certain parts. So, you know, I mean... I, it was it was a trip because I got dropped right into the right into the change, you know, yeah. like when when I they had just gotten Bruce and the first album I got had uh, Paul on it, so it was like okay, you're just right in the middle of this, and it was the same thing too with with uh, Sabbath when I first, when I started really liking Sabbath, Dio was already in the band, yeah. so you know it's one of those things where it's like, well. It would it would really behoove me to like what's going on right yeah. now, you know. Yeah. That would be the that would be the best thing. It's a you know the difference being though in those situations a little bit um, with Sabbath is the fact that Sabbath had an entire decade yeah, catalog catalog and yeah rise and fall before Dio mm-hmm. joined the band, whereas Maiden were still on the on the rise. Right. Right. So you know, it's like, and then and then it was a quantum movie. Yeah, there's yeah, there's very few bands that you can really say like say that about where a band was on the rise and then they switched singers and then that's what yeah skyrocketed. That's what did it. It doesn't happen very very often. I it's hard for me to like, other than Maiden, like it's hard for me to like pick like maybe ACDC, but even that was just because you know right this you know you had a death in the band and then they still had their biggest selling album um with brian johnson but they were already a pretty established act at that point yeah so it's i'm racking my brain uh, other than like you know the first was it like the first anthrax album had a different uh singer and then they uh yeah, Neil, Neil Turbin. Yeah, and and they and they went through like um, they went through like an identity crisis because when uh, a lot of people hate Neil Turbin and like supposedly 
there was like Metallica. The guys in Metallica told the guys in Anthrax, "You need a new singer." You know, yeah, fucking make it with this fucking guy. Yeah, I think we've talked. Which about is that ironic. Really. Yeah, but then when they got Joey Belladonna, they're like, "Wow, this dude can really sing. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should write some sing songs." Yeah, and they did on that EP, Armed and Dangerous, which to me that's to me that little EP is the best thing that Anthrax ever did. Yeah, and I wish that they would have kept going in that direction. But then they started with the Indians and with the, you know, having the, yeah. you know, appearance of, of some little rap joke things that I, you know. Yeah, I've never, honestly, uh, we're getting a little sidetracked, but I've never been a huge Anthrax fan. Right. Like, I always thought, like, they made it, they made the cut of, like, being the big four mm-hmm. just by like default like I think you could have just really fucking called it the big three as far as I'm concerned yeah. with you know Metallica Megadeth and Slayer because Anthrax always just seemed like the outlier to right. me because they just they didn't seem as thrashy as the other bands it, it, and, yeah it wasn't pure thrash that's for yeah. sure and yeah. I didn't like the mix of the the singy vocals with the thrashy stuff all that much like right. it was just it was just a weird vibe for me that I never got into. Right. Like, I listen to some of the songs, and they're cool yeah. enough, but, like, you know, Cotton Mosh is all right. And see, I like, I like, I mean, you know, I like singers. And so out of the big four, Joey Belladonna is the best singer. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes that's not the point. Sometimes that's not the point. But like <laughs> I said, if they would have done what I thought they were going to do, you know, which was make Armed and Dangerous Part 2 right after yeah. that. Oh, I would have been all on board with that. You know, it's kind of like how with Queensryche, where they had the first little, same thing, little same taste, thing. and then it never was quite like that no. ever again. No, until now it is. Yeah. It is. It's like that now, which is you know. I mean, I don't know how many new fans they're getting. You know. Yeah. Um, I know that fucking Maiden. Since we're getting back to to that, they fucking. They pick up new fans, man. Yeah. Because like people bring people and bring people and, and go to the concerts and are like gatherings and shit and people just get into it, you know? Yeah, no, I was talking to an uh, an ex of mine the other day, the only one that I'm still friends with, and uh, <laughs> we were talking about Maiden. Um, we were talking about some other shit and then I, I knew she liked Iron Maiden, so I mentioned that, you know, we were doing a bunch of episodes on Iron Maiden for my podcast. Maybe mm-hmm. you should give it a listen if you've ever thought about listening to it. Because, yeah. you know, shameless self-promotion. Right. But um, she was talking about how she used to make fun of a, a friend of hers because um, she was dating a dude that was super into mating. So she was, like, getting into it. And uh, she was like, yeah, so... I was like, yeah, Iron Maiden, like laughing, mm-hmm. that type of thing. And then she's like, and then I ended up dating a guy for five years that was super into Iron Maiden, and then I like gave it a chance, and I ended up really fucking liking it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it happens, and then, you know, she's going to the, the show up in L.A. Nice. and everything with some of her friends and her fiancé and all that. So, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, they pick up, of course they pick up newer fans. They picked up me as a fan, like, later in life. Like, right. I wasn't, like, in on the ground floor meeting. Right. I, I finally decided to give them a shot. Because, uh, like I said, I remember hearing a cover of one of their songs done by uh, Cradle of Filth. 
So it made me want to listen to the original version, and I'm like, oh, this is sick. I need to listen to more of this. And then I, I remembered later, the first time I really remember going, like, hearing a Maiden song, even before that, and then I go, like, oh, I like this, was in uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Ooh. They have, like, the different radio stations you can play in your car when you're driving around, and it was set in the 80s, and there was a rock station. Mm-hmm. So the rock station all had metal from the area. Right. And two minutes to midnight would play. Okay. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty tight. Right. Um, so I got into that. I got into it a little bit that way too. See, two minutes to midnight is one of the songs that I often think is on peace of mind for oh, yeah. whatever reason. It just, it just like, oh yeah, peace. like, like if I was on a quiz show, mm-hmm. I might, I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> you know which, you know which fucking album you, is it? Yeah, on? no, it's definitely. Um, Having listened to them a little bit more extensively, those are the two, the two easiest albums to mix up. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, other than, I mean, the other first, than like the song "Power Slave," which obviously is on Power Slave. Yeah, but I mean, when you listen to like the first two Maiden records, they're different enough that when you listen to a song, you go, "Okay, that's on Killers. That's mm-hmm. on their debut." Yeah, the production's different. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's one thing I see a lot, like they talk about that first record, the only downside is the production. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel like there are some parts where even on the remastered version, mm-hmm. the production is just not quite there in the sense that he wasn't getting the best out of the band in the recording. Right. Like Iron Maiden is a fucking great song. Mm-hmm. The guitars at the beginning kind of sound like someone's not quite sure about themselves yet and when they're playing that intro mm-hmm. just yeah. and then it jumps in and it kind of sounds like this is what I do right right <laughs> yeah and you know what that's one of the songs that you know it's funny because I just got done doing the the guitars are maiden episode and I talked for an hour and nine minutes mm-hmm. and I still left shit out yeah. Right. So I'm just like now think, thinking about, and one of the things is that like that lick, um, the it, the intro part to uh, Run to the Hills, wah, 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 mm-hmm. wah, and the and the part from the Trooper, all those parts don't sound right on one guitar. Like if you like if I just play it, you'd be like, what is that? Yeah. That kind of sounds like something because the other guitar is actually playing something different and it just mixes together yeah. and, and that's why it sounds like that. So that's another thing that they did that was um, strange, cool, yeah. but uh, but yeah, especially like um, if you hear, like let's say if you, if you had headphones and one of them was out or your car speaker, like Lonnie's car for a while, yeah. the right side didn't work. It sounds completely different on yeah. those fucking parts. And it does sound on that Iron Maiden part like like they're still trying to figure out that riff, yeah. sort of. And there's a couple of things, that riff, they don't play it exactly the same as they used to. Yeah, um, it's a lot, well, it's everything is a lot smoother and flows smoother when they play it live now. Right. Yeah, like totally. it doesn't sound like a bunch of dudes recording their first album, kind of trying to get down 
get the riff down. Like it's right. it's got a lot more melody to it. Mm-hmm. It's just the tone is better. It's natural. And the only downside is, is as much as I like Bruce, I don't like how he sings Paul songs. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not it's not great because um, it's not his. It, that's not how his voice works for the most part. So yeah. he's trying to sing it. And he's trying to do it in the right, but there's just something. Paul had a very unique tone, not that Bruce doesn't, but he right. had he had a unique quality to his voice that suited those songs. Yeah, Bruce has a unique quality to his voice that suits his songs. Right, when he sings those songs, I'm not a I'm not super into it. Um, it's the same as like Dio singing Ozzy. I don't yeah. like it. Much. It is. It is. It is kind of like that. It so, is kind of like that to tie that back together. I guess. Yeah. And you know, one of the things too that that is different, Steve Harris already liked like history and you know, uh, writing from that perspective. Yeah. So it wasn't like Bruce just came and brought that, you know, and they, and it wasn't there before. Yeah. But when Paul was in the band, you had songs like Running Free. You had songs like Sanctuary, yeah. you, where he's running from the law and he's fucking, yeah. you know, whatever. He might have, may or may not have killed a bitch, whatever, yeah. whatever, you know. And and obviously without Paul, you don't have those. You don't yeah. have songs like that. And I love those songs. Yeah, well, you, they're a little bit more relatable to you. Yeah, than, totally, uh, totally. Than a song about fencing. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, and I like, that's the thing too, um... It's kind of like my thing. I kind of laugh when I listen to like um, some Maven record because it's it's that same thing with pre as I say with Priest. Like every couple of records, it's like now here's another song about motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Like with Priest, you're gonna get like and now here's another song about airplanes. <laughs> like and they kick up. That's that's probably why it's really easy to mix up um, peace of mind and power slave because they both fucking open with songs about airplanes yeah, and shit yeah like it's like oh here's another like world war one right flying ace song right right so and one thing i mean you know even though even if a band's like your favorite band or whatever you're not gonna love everything they do mm-hmm. you know so like to me and I, and I talk about it a lot i mean like for like for example there were there were bands like like Stone Temple Pilots, let's say, where the lyrics are so fucking vague, you yeah. really don't know what the fuck they're about. Yeah, and you don't know what Stone Temple Pilot is. Yeah, and the album is a color, you know. Yeah. so it's like nothing yeah. is specific. Yeah, this is all very vague. Too. Yeah, you know, and that's a bit much. You like the you like the fact that you know what something's about with Iron right. Maiden. Right. But there's sometimes like with Bruce, you know, where it's just too specific. A little too literal. Yeah. Like like with like with this with the lyrics are like he is the quits at Tatarak. He is born of Caladan and will take the Gom Jabbar. Okay. Okay. That's that's too <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's cool if you like that. Yeah. You know, if you, you know, but like, for example, but for me, for example, I heard that the, that the dude who wrote Dune mm-hmm. 
wouldn't let them call the song dude yeah because he didn't like long-haired hippies or whatever he yeah. thought they were or whatever so i never fucking I, so i was like fuck that guy i never fucking saw dune or fucking he didn't miss out on much in the movie the book or anything yeah the book's pretty good yeah but it's fat right yeah yeah, yeah there's a lot and there's like 80 Dune books at this point. There's right. So it's kind of cool in a sense because, I mean, like, if you really dig this song, then you might, like, get into the whole Dune yeah. thing or whatever. But if not, then it's just, like, kind of like, okay, you know, whatever. Where it, whereas if you did it in a way that was, like, less specific, and some people might catch on, hey, I think that song's about Dune. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you don't have to do that because it's, like, fucking kicks you in the balls with the fucking references yeah and uh, there's a few songs like that whereas a song like alexander the great it's kind of the same but they don't beat you over the head with it you know it's more uh it's more um easy to digest in that sense yeah yeah that's uh, <laughs> to tame a land is not yeah if you don't know what dude is about yeah you're gonna listen to this and be like well, I guess now I know what Dune is about. Yeah. Like, when it's just shit, like, yeah. He is destined to be a king. He rules over everything on the land called Planet Dune. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Without a still suit, you you would fry on the sand so hot and dry, dry. in a world called Arrakis. Like, yeah. it's, it's just... It's just the plot of Dune. Right. In a song. Exactly. And it's like, if I were to write a song about Star Wars... But it was just like a bunch of literal ass shit about yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Like someone would be like, this guy's a fucking dork. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's and that's my that's my uh, what I was kind of trying to say in a roundabout way. The roundabout is, way is that Bruce is a little bit of a dork. Yeah, <laughs> and some of his lyrics are a little bit dorky. Yeah. You know? But it's but obviously, I mean, you know, like I say, the whole the of package is greater it. than yeah than just that. Yeah, I, I want to have like, you know, Steve Harris and Dave Murray and Adrian Smith to bail my ass out of my right. dorky ass lyrics if I wrote my Star Wars metal, you know, rock opera. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you check out that thing that I that I sent you about the, uh, that with the magician, that thing that they did with the magician? Oh, I didn't actually watch that show. Okay. It's that sounded something I didn't like something I didn't actually want to see, but it's enough to know it existed. It was kind it was kind of it was kind of corny, you know. Oh really? Yeah. The thing involving a magician was corny. Yeah. I was very shocked. <laughs> but it was actually the last concert that they ever did with Bruce. Okay. Right? Before he came back, obviously. Yeah. And it was the only it, that one and I think Donington 92 or something like that those are the only two concerts where it's uh, Dave and Janik and no yeah. uh, Adrian so those are the only times that you really get to see that how that is you yeah. know and it was cool but I prefer Dave and Adrian mm -hmm. right now Janet is absolutely the best dude they could have got as a third guitar player yeah. because he's just freelancing, yeah. you know, and sometimes he does this, sometimes he does that. Sometimes he plays the solo along with Adrian, which I'm sure he doesn't like very much, but he does that, you know, so that's, that's kind of perfect because he fills in gaps and he doesn't 
But when when he came in for Adrian at the time, I was I, I didn't think that wasn't that wasn't an upgrade in my book. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting way that worked out because you know he had been like you know you talked about in your episode he had mm-hmm. done shit with uh, he had been in uh, Gillen mm-hmm. um, he had you know worked with uh, Bruce on his solo shit right so he had already had his ends with the band mm-hmm. so it was you know Adrian left and then Bruce was like well here's my dude basically is this is the dude I'm working with so let's bring this dude in right and then Bruce left right and, you know Janik State <laughs> yeah well, yeah because he's like fuck that I don't know you know <laughs> yeah um I mean it's one of those things I think where if you get offered Iron Maiden you take it yeah you know you, you go and, and, and you see what happens and even if you think the fans might hate you or whatever mm-hmm. because I I really I'm, I'm never on fan forums ever you know yeah I don't know, suggest it yeah the only the only reason I, that I was on it right now was because I was trying to get information you know like for example, before uh, Dave Murray had that black and white strat, mm-hmm. he used to have an all black strat that had like chrome humbuckers in it mm-hmm. that looked like they came straight out of a Gibson because that's how they come. Yeah. Uh, so I was trying to find information on that. Couldn't. Yeah. And I was trying to find information on that Strange World solo. Yeah. And I found a little bit or whatever, whatever. But one of the things that I found out the most was that there's a lot of people that hate Janik. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't want him in the band. They don't understand, like, why they just didn't kick him out when when Adrian came back. Why didn't he need that three? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. There's a lot of that up there. And I was surprised. You know? Yeah. They don't like his prancing. <laughs> you know, it's just whatever. I yeah. mean, I think, you know... They liked having that fatter, fuller sound. Yeah. We have, and there's a, like, you know, you said it before, there's a lot you can fucking do with three guitars. Yeah, there is. Um, so it brings an interesting dynamic to the older songs and it gives them more options when they're writing new songs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, you get some bands that, you know, they try to have one guitar and then they glare in so much shit on the record, they realize they need two. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, Start if you're starting with having three in the band, it gives you that many, that much more room to play and do shit and explore the space and everything else. Totally. So I understand why they would just say, "Well, this guy is really good. Um, it brings an interesting dynamic to us, mm-hmm. and we like how it sounds." Yeah. And you fuckers are gonna buy tickets anyway. Yeah. So fucking suck it up, Buttercup. Yeah. Also, too, like when you're in a band that's in their 60s, mm-hmm. when you got one a dude that can still run around the stage and shit, yeah. you better keep that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we got some background music. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly heavy metal friendly, but whatever. Yeah, but no, but I mean, like, Janik's just as old as those dudes, but he yeah. doesn't seem it. He, he's got that energy. He's got, yeah. you know, he's got some youth. And, you know, and uh, Adrian. You know, I mean, they move around. Him yeah. and Dave, they move around, but they're they they move here and then they stand, and then they move over here and then yeah. they stand. You know, whatever. 
fucking Janix in constant motion, just like uh, Bruce, and yeah. pretty much just like Steve. I mean, so, I give Bruce that. Oh, man. man. That fucker is, like, eternally young. Um, he's, like, because he knows that he's, he's got to put on the show. Right. To him, it's like, he's got to be larger than life. And right. And fill, fill the stage and fill, like, you know, I, I was watching a Iron Maiden uh, documentary years back, and mm-hmm. he was talking about that shit, and he was saying how um, his job is to shrink the mm-hmm. the audience the the you know not shrink the audience but the the venue yeah to be so larger than life and be so big yeah that it makes if you're in a stadium it still feels like right. small it's like he's he playing to, to the dude of the last yeah row. he's yeah. got to fill the stadium so that's why when he's on stage it's all these dramatic movements yeah. with, and everything it's because he needs that to be translated everywhere right and um, Paul Viano would not be doing that. No, and that guy can't even stand anymore for the most part. Oh no, yeah, so. no. It's it's so it's so bad. The um, I mean, what I been <laughs> now? There's a baby in there. There's a baby around here, but uh, shut up, baby. <laughs> but uh, no, I've been watching a lot of stuff, and and uh, somebody was telling me today that they had the. Uh, the Paul Diano Battle Zone blue vinyl yeah. album, you know, it's just like, damn, that's hardcore. Because th- th- that was bad, and that yeah. was one of his better projects. It's yeah. like, you know, it's not even good, but you have it just because yeah. you want to collect shit. And the worst thing that he ever did was called Diano. Have you ever seen that? Nah. Oh, it's very, like, keyboardy and Bon Jovi ish. You know, oh, it's bad. It's so bad, and and uh, and he's already like losing his voice to a certain degree. It's just you know, yeah, Paul didn't do too. Yeah, no, this is why I say when people talk about how he, had, you know, we talked about before when they said, oh, so much wasted potential mm-hmm. and this and that. And it's like, well, I think he got about as much out of them as they're gonna get out of them. I think. Uh, it doesn't really seem like we're in a library at all. Yeah, it's, it's fucking <laughs> funny time. Fucking cranky tunes and shit. But I just think his his you know productivity after leaving Maiden mm-hmm. and what he chose to do and what he did. Um, yeah, no, he peaked with you know those right. those Iron Maiden records, and I don't think he was. That's why I said I don't think they get to where they were with him because. Right. I don't think he had that much more to give because he did a bunch of whack ass shit afterwards. Well, you know, it's one of those things, and I can I can totally identify. I identify with Paul a lot, I mean, yeah, in a lot of ways. And one of the ways is that I really don't have like a tremendous work ethic, yeah. you know, and neither does he. And you know, and he he needed like a taskmaster yeah. to fucking here do this, do this, do this. And, and he didn't want to show up and they made him show up and he didn't want to fucking do that but they made him do this yeah. you know whereas Bruce was he's the he's a driving force himself yeah. you know so obviously when he came in Steve's like damn I can relax a little bit yeah. I don't have to fucking this, I, I, this guy just wind him up and go yeah. you know I don't have to fucking keep I don't have to babysit you know yeah. whatever you, you want to call it you know I don't have to be like the parent yeah or whatever which 
Paul needed. And then obviously when, when he when he was out of the band and didn't have that, it it suffered. Yeah. You know? And you know, and some of the stuff's okay. Like that the the that two original Iron Man, aside <laughs> from the Monty Python reject <laughs> cover, you know. It's not terrible. Yeah, it sounds not, fine. It's not that bad. But you know I just don't think that neither one of them knew how to market anything. And they still don't. I was looking at that the Lionheart website, which is his current band. Yeah. And they have this lame gra- lion graphic or whatever <laughs> it is. And oh, yeah. Oh, God. You know, I mean, how, how you have to go out of your way to find a lion that doesn't look fierce. Yeah, no, that shit looks like it's like supposed to be on like a Lisa Frank holder <laughs> yeah, or something. something like that. That shit was not cool. Yeah, no, you got to find, yeah. You got to work real hard to have a not badass lion. Yeah. And they, I mean, maybe that's what they're going for. Yeah. Maybe Lionheart's not badass. Did yeah, you listen to it's it? It's a tender lion. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a different side of the lion. Yeah. It's more like the Lion King, you know, the ballads part of it. Right. I'm not, I'm never going to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, you know, not even out of curiosity at this point, because all you had to do is show me the graphic they use. I'm like, that seems like it's going to be fucking whack. Yeah. If you can't even put effort into a cool graphic. Right. You're... Your album, right? I, it's no. That's yeah. fucking. You used like clip art, basically, yeah. and like this is our band logo. But you know what's funny is that those motherfuckers, like, I mean, they should have been able to figure it out. Like, I, I mean, even just the concept of, of being the original Iron Man. Yeah. Right? Well, it's a hard, you know, air quotes on original. Right, but that would be a that would be like an indication that. What they liked about you was the shit you did in Iron Man. Yeah. And you should do some shit like that. Yeah. You know, instead of trying to be like, you know what, but we need to separate ourselves from that. Nah, fuck that. You need to yeah. jump in that shit. Matter of fact, they should have even got Derek Riggs yeah. to do some cover art for them. Not Eddie, obviously, yeah. but something along those lines. This is you know? Fred. It's different. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> Freddy. <laughs> Wait, we can't call him Freddy. Yeah, it's Fred. So it's just Fred. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's yeah, no, <laughs> Monty Python. No, it just it does. It looks like it's supposed to be funny. Yeah, it does. <laughs> when it you does look at that picture, funny. and it's like, but um, no, it's it's a dumb fucking marketing move to market to simultaneously associate yourselves with Iron Maiden while also trying to distance yourself from right. Iron Maiden. It's like, what are you even fucking doing? Man? Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, we, I, we already know you guys don't like fucking hang out. Right. So, like, you guys specifically got together because you were in Iron Maiden together for one year. Mm-hmm. And you feel like that there's money to be made off of that concept. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also trying to be like, but we're different. Right. It's like, nobody wants that, though. Right. Like, if you did some, if you did Iron, the original Iron Maiden record part two, because, you know, Doug was already gone by the Mm. time Killers came around. If Mm. you did, like, a jumping off on that, like, like, well, what kind of shit would we have made if we did another album together back then? Right. It probably still wouldn't have sold that well, but at least you could be like... This is pretty cool. Right. 
or you never know it might have I mean and, and you know what and you need to have like for like you know even in the the uh, last time that uh, not the last time but the second to the last time that I saw uh, Paul Diano he fucking is ba- he the first song was uh, uh, Murders in the Room War mm-hmm. so it has the bass intro and the, the bass that comes out is playing with a pick yeah. And it's like, dude, that right there is the first thing that you don't do <laughs> if you're trying to recreate like a Steve Harris sound or vibe or anything. It's because Steve Harris has never picked up a pick for the whole time of Iron yeah. Maiden. And and you're gonna just uh so yeah, it it uh Yeah. And then the original Iron Man is kind of a dumb name. It is. Um because is it you it, it, I would have Closer associate that with Sabbath. Yeah. You know? Uh, call yeah. Call, call the band like Prowler yeah. or some shit or yeah. even Remember Tomorrow. Right. <laughs> or, yeah. You know, Running Free. Like, name it after one of the songs you guys did together. Yeah. Um, so you get that connection. Right. I don't know. But the original Iron Man, it's like you're trying to say you're originally in Iron Maiden. Yeah. And it's like, oh, their maidens were Iron Men. But like right. you said, now, now I'm thinking of Black Sabbath. Right. And yeah. your corny cover art isn't helping no. anything. And no. using it for the second for album. For the second album as well. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you know, man, for Paul, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, some of us are trying to get like a little bit of glory in this life and have our moment whatever yeah well he had his so that's yeah. true, you know and he was badass for a while you know and like and like Lonnie was saying you know she came up with a good line it was funny when she said it. you know she was trying to say like back in the days when he could sing and she said you know back when Paul was Diano <laughs> that's perfect that's exactly what it is back when Paul was Diano she goes he could really sing like remember tomorrow and that shit he could fucking yeah. really sing but you know shit happens and circumstances and you know and some fools just ain't cut out for certain shit yeah you know? some, some fool yeah some guys weren't meant to be a legend you know no he's so, you know he, he's I mean he's not you, no. you can't you, you can't put him in the pantheon of metal legends no. you can say he made two legendary albums right but right. and everybody will know everybody will know who he was yeah so that's cool you know one thing that I did not know, and I can't believe that I didn't know it, is that his name isn't actually Diano. Yeah, that's a fucking weird thing to do. Yeah, it's a weird thing to make up. Because, yeah. <laughs> he was, you know, he's practically kind of making up an ethnicity. And well, yeah, he's, no, he's basically saying, it, like, I just assumed that dude was another, like... Like Iowa. British Italian. Yeah. Um, like, I kind of, like... When I see him now, like, or at least, like, when we're watching, like, the the uh, documentary you sent me, mm-hmm. and he is talking about it, and he's very clearly, like, I'm like, I didn't look it up, because I was even thinking, I was like, you know, he doesn't look like a Diano. Yeah. Because he looks like just some fat guy. Yeah. But, back in the day, when he was, like, in shape, and looked like a bad motherfucker, like, yeah. he could, like, he could pass for, like, an Italian right. dude. Yeah, like his dad was type. Brazilian or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, but he was just Paul Andrews, yeah. which I guess 
got a little better, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it sounds better, but it's a weird, yeah, it's weird to like kind of. But like, the funny thing, the funny thing about that is that there's two ways of of uh, of uh, doing it, but like if it was Diano, Diano with two ends, yeah, is of the year, yeah, right. Yeah. Diano with one end would have been of the asshole. <laughs> So. so that's not that great. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, you know, there's a difference between uh, ano and ano. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, if you say, yo tengo cinco anos. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I have five assholes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all about that enye. Yeah, so. you got to have it. Uh, <laughs> you got to have it. So, um, well, at least he went with the, the one that wasn't the asshole version. Right. Right. He could have done Probably that. by accident. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. He could have fucking done that. And then later, someone would be like, hey, mate, you know, uh, your name means uh, you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They would have told him that the first day, too, because the British are fucking smartasses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we want to get into songs and albums? Or? Let's talk albums. You know, um, I feel like Iron Maiden, it's a lot harder to nail down a favorite album for mm-hmm. me. Um, whereas with Priest, there's kind of like this, you know, there's these stages of Priest where like this is what they're doing and then they did this and right. then they did this. So then all of a sudden it's all about... And apart from a few anomalies, it's kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's like, so there's this kind of like, oh man, British Steel is sick, but then all of a sudden, oh fuck, Screaming for Vengeance is sick as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like there's like this build to the point where it's interesting too. Um, Priest, like, did, you know, Maiden started out heavier than Priest, mm-hmm. but I think Priest is heavier than Maiden right. nowadays. Right. Uh, they just uh, had a continual build. But um, for me, it's probably a toss-up between Number of the Beast and Peace of Mind. Right. Um, kind of that same dynamic that I have with um, the first two ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like the overall sound of Peace of Mind a little bit better mm-hmm. because, you know, they brought in, you know, Nico and mm-hmm. he's a fucking beast on drums. Yeah. I think, but I like the overall sound of it better. Um, but most of my favorite uh, Maiden songs are on Number of the Beast. Right. So it's like, you know, it's a toss up in that sense where, um, you know, you know, you got Run to the Hills. And, right. And, you know, Number of the Beast, obviously. Right. You know, and, and, and I love, I, I think I would go Number of the Beast. And one thing that, uh, that got me is, uh, you know, when you listen to Iron Maiden or whatever nowadays, like you might be listening to it in your car and somebody, you know, your girl's not really into that, so you're not really hearing it that loud, or your apartment, you've got bitchy neighbors, whatever the case might be, you know? But this shit really is meant to be listened to loud. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and when you listen to it loud, it, it has, like, more of an effect. You know? Oh, wait. You know, my wife, um, it drives her up a fucking wall. Uh, she's just like, you're going to go deaf with how loud I listen to music on right. headphones. Yeah. 
And it's because fucking just metal in general, it loses some if you ain't listening to that shit loud. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so like when I'm at work, um, I'm walk. You know, I I walk during my breaks because I gotta get my steps in, so my health insurance costs us. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like. I'm not always listening to metal when I'm working mm-hmm. because I'm listening to podcasts and shit like that and I'll listen to even ours just so I can like go like oh what could we have done better and this and that mm-hmm. but when I'm on my walks it's always metal right so I'm walking around the building you know and I'm fucking jamming the, the, lately it's made it mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah it's it's gotta be loud yeah. It's it's it seems like such a fucking basic ass thing to say yeah. that you have to listen to metal loud, but it's that's just all there is to it. Metal's not a quiet art form. Right. It's supposed to be as loud as fucking possible. Right. There's a reason why Man of War is the loudest band in the world. Yeah. Um, and the loudest band in the world isn't like Coldplay or something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, um, and so, like, so when I hear like "Number of the Beast" loud, it, it bring, because back then we used to always listen to it loud, you yeah. know. So it brings me back to you know some of those. It just brings me to that feeling, you yeah. know. And also, "Number of the Beast" has like um, some of the songs. Like when we went, we went and saw one of the Maiden tributes, not the Iron Maidens, but another one. And we took this dude right there with us, who's um, my my sister's friend's husband. He's a Mexican, Paisa. But he loves Iron Maiden, right? Yeah. And then at the end of it, he was just like, they didn't play Run to the Hills. He's like, how are they not going to play Run to the Hills? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, because that's one of the staple songs. Yeah. Um, Hello Be Thy Name is one of the staple songs. Oh, yeah. And that one, that's one of those, got one of those, uh, and you know, it was the first album with Bruce, right? Mm-hmm. And it has the one of the vocal classic vocal lines, kind of like the way like uh, the Ripper was for Halford, yeah, with the the screech, yeah, the the for uh, Hallow be thy name, the running low, yeah, like we used to always try to do it, you know, try yeah, to, never could. It's like fourteen seconds, you yeah. know, and uh, running low, yeah, whoa, and, yeah, <laughs> it keeps going. going. Yeah, and so and so that was like, yeah, fucking damn, that fool's badass, Bruce. You know, Bruce can't fucking, even do that. Yeah, Bruce didn't do it no more. Matter of fact, the only um, person that I've seen do it in the, the last chick from Iron is the chick from the Iron Maidens. Even and I though, didn't, ex- you know, I uh, I finally sat down and was like, I'm gonna check out the Iron Maidens. Yeah, did not expect it to be a big old. Uh, no, that's that, I'm, I'm mixing things up. Uh, the chicken. Uh, the Judas Priest band. Oh yeah, old black bitch. Yeah, big old black chick. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the chicken, the Iron Maidens. She's a she's she looks like she'd be a good looking chick, but she's like she's right around two hundred pounds. Yeah, you know, well, you know, also yeah, a little thick. But, yeah. yeah, but um, for me, I think there's two moments on that album that are the big like, oh shit, mm-hmm. this is different. Mm-hmm. But you know. With uh, how be in that name? That's the very end of the album. Mm-hmm. So at the end of that, you go, damn. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think one thing I think they maybe should have done to to change up the uh, 
there's some stuff in the order of the tracks. I'm a big track listing guy. Great. Um, overall, it's it's fine. But I don't think Invaders was like the song to kick off the record. Right. It's to the point... It. I just feel like Number of the Beast should have been the first song on the record. That would make sense. Because not only is it... That's what... You know, the, the, it's a titular song, mm-hmm. but that has the other the spoken moment. intro. It has the spoken intro, and then it starts off like kind of you know, right? It's building, and then you get that Bruce's yeah, like, exactly. And then you know, it's like oh shit! It's like so ingrained in my mind that that should be the way the album starts, right? That for a long time I just fucking thought it did, yeah. Um, it's like, I get that sometimes with fucking, with random albums where, like, I think, like, either it's the way I ended up reorganizing it on, like, right. a burnt disc or right. something. Like, um, now, uh, that's something that, uh, that you would experience differently because for us, who had it, like, either on cassette or on album, mm-hmm. Number of the Beast still is kind of the first song. Because it, it's the, the first song on that side. Yeah, you so can you, flip that Yeah, shit. you flip it and it is the first song. So it might as well be. But, like, another um, another thing that, like, in my head, for some reason, on the, uh, like, the first Van Halen album, mm-hmm. my brain, I don't know if it's because I'm not a huge fan of Running With The Devil all that much. Okay. It's a good song, but it's not my favorite. Right. For the longest time, my brain just thought like Eruption was the first track mm-hmm. of the first Van Halen one, and then right. it went you really got me. Right. So it was like that immediate, just boom. This is Eddie right. Van Halen. Right. At his Eddie Van Halenness. Right. And then I go back. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not how that actual track, like song listing is. Right. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Funny thing, Invaders is my alarm clock song. Oh yeah. So I wake up to that shit every day. Fuck. There we go. See, that's why I don't fucking pick songs like that as my alarm. Because I don't need to get like jolted the fuck. No, I do because otherwise I won't wake up. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I'd have to probably give slight nod to Number of the Beast. Um, Also, also there's the fact that that's the the record I have the most experience with because like I said before when I first started getting into Made In like I bought that and a live album and I was kind of set mm-hmm. <laughs> right. so I listened to Number of the Beast a lot right? Um, and it's one of those things where uh, little things like when I found out like I don't know why like when I first got it I just assumed like the Trooper was also on that album mm-hmm. and I was like oh that's on a different one <laughs> yeah yeah but um, you know that the um, the the live album Live After Death was yeah that was my soundtrack for a lot of years because mm-hmm. it just had all the songs on it you know and uh, and for whatever reason I think like you know I had been to Long Beach Arena a bunch of times yeah and you know it wasn't like really LA I, I think if like if he would have fucking been all fucking Los Angeles it would have probably yeah. ruined it for me but since yeah. he was fucking Long Beach ah, okay yeah. it was cool you know it was California anyway yeah but all the songs and, and like I um, I told you the other day 
I was listening to that album the other day and then listening to a newer one. But when I put that one on originally, I was like, wow, this sounds really different with just yeah. two guitars compared to it the way it does now. Now for me, like once I got back used to it after like two or three songs, I was also like, well, you could also hear the leads better. Yeah. Because they stand out a little bit more. Yeah. You know, so there's things to like about both things, but I really love that album. Yeah. And and that album cover is one of the great album covers. Yeah. For, yeah. For me, um, the one I got, it was uh, Death on the Road. So that was like the the most current live album right. at that time. Right. So I had gotten that and it was, you know, that's what I listened to a lot. But it had stuff from up till uh, Dance of Death. Right. So you had, you know, the track listening on that. It's a pretty fucking solid track. You have Wildest Dreams, Wrath Child, Can I Play With Madness, The Trooper, Dance of Death, Rainmaker. It's a more complete picture. Brave New World, Passchendaele, Lord of the Flies. Uh, So, hey, they they snuck in one that, uh, uh, there was a Blaze era shit in there with that bed because I was on X Factor. Well, there you go. You know. No more lies. There's a lot from Dance of Death on this one. <laughs> right. No more lies. Then in Hallowed Be Thy Name, Fear of the Dark, Iron Maiden, Journeyman, Number of the Beast, and Run to the Hill. Yeah. I think Dance of Death was one of the first ones where we uh, we started going again. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we actually had to travel to go to, you know. Um, yeah, this was recorded in the Dance of Death World Tour. Yeah. And it was recorded in a... Uh, Dortmund. Dortmund, that's right. Dortmund, Germany. So scream for me, Dortmund. Right. Scream for me, Dortmund. And in those days, they probably still had where they did a different set list in Europe and a yeah. different set list here and a different set list in South America because they had these ideas of what the fans wanted in different places. I tell you what, just the one I do like when they re- when there's live albums that are recorded in. Know, Europe because the crowds are just fucking better there. Oh, yeah. This shit. Oh, yeah. So, like, when they, you know, this is the version of Fear of the Dark I listen to. Right. Um, you know, the album version is fine, and I listen to some other live versions that are cool, but for some reason, just the crowd immediately kicks in. Yeah. The second it starts without any prompting, right, right when they start playing it, you have the crowd just, oh, yeah whole time you know and it's just like everybody knows their part <laughs> right you know that's that's a, one of the that's one of the parts of um, that just being like a fucking I, I guess there's no other way to put it but like being just a spoiled American yeah where you know we get so much cool shit yeah you know whatever these some of these dudes are, like in Brazil they're, they've been waiting years for this day, yeah. you know, and they're fucking, and then they just let them in, and it's just like a, a race to the front, yeah. a mad dash, and, oh, yeah. you know, fucking crazy shit. Yeah, when you get the shit, like, uh, uh, like Metallica, when they did the live shit um, uh, whole thing back in the 90s, mm-hmm. the, you know, they had randomly, one of the, con- one of the concerts was in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And it had a fucking good crowd, which is impressive because San Diego is notoriously like shitty mm-hmm. for crowds. They had um, 
88 in Seattle on the video part of yeah. it. And then the the CD, the, this part, it would have been the cassette tapes at the time originally, but mm-hmm. um, it was uh, Mexico City. Right. And as far as I know, it was the, their first time playing Mexico City. Oh, wow, yeah. So it is, you can tell that the crowd is fucking it lit. Yeah. Because they've been waiting forever yeah. for Metallica to play there. Right. You know? Yeah. And we, you know, here now it's like, now it's like you get these bands that just don't fucking come here anymore. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, Iron Maiden doesn't come to San Diego no. anymore for the most part. No. Um, it'd be sick if it did. Yeah. I feel like if they toured with with priests, like they they keep dangling that concept. Yeah. I feel like they might play here just because Halford, it might be enough. Yeah. Yeah, just because Halford lives here. Yeah. Um so it might be enough to get him to do it again because it's like I do want to see Maiden I keep saying that like I'm going to get another chance to because they just don't seem to show any signs of retiring anytime fucking soon well you know what man for the for for bands of that age they're the youngest they seem to be the youngest you know they don't they don't seem old they don't feel old yeah they don't play old yeah you know they yeah, like 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 the last time when we saw uh, Saxon and Motorhead, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Lemmy was not well. Yeah, well, yeah, Lemmy was right. months away from dying. Yeah, and even you were like, you saw that, and you're like, yo, I don't think Lemmy's got long. Yeah, like, you're like, this is this is bad. Yeah, yeah, but even then, you know, even like Sax and Saxon kicked ass. But, you know, they, they show their age a little bit, yeah. you know, and, and other bands, you know, uh, obviously Angus is still all over the place, but the rest of the band just kind of stands there, yeah. you know, and other bands, you know, Maiden is, is very, still very active, very active, yeah. and like, uh, if they, if, if Maiden made an album right now, which, you know, I'm assuming that they will. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna like it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't have any reason to think that I won't. You know, and there's some bands that I just don't even really pay attention to their new music at all anymore. It's just like, yeah. whatever, okay, just come around and I'll come see you. I feel yeah. like they they needed that time away from Bruce type of thing mm-hmm. to kind of rejuvenate like that chemistry. Because mm-hmm. when they, after Bruce came back, um, the albums have been, by and large, been pretty cool. Um, they're yeah. better than you know what they're kind of putting out towards the end of their first run with them. Right. Um, I wasn't really feeling the uh, like the first couple when he was back, just because I wasn't really feeling like new music at, in in the first place. You know. Well, you weren't giving it a chance. You were just saying like, okay, that's cool. He's back. That means like the concerts are going to be. They're going to be better. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but you don't necessarily want to buy the record. But then you. Run into you encounter the Iron Maiden problem where uh, when they tour for a record, they tour for a fucking record. Right. Yeah. That, <laughs> I think that was um, that was a Dance of Death or yeah. or a Matter of Life and Death. I don't know. Which, I don't remember which one, but they played like the whole album. I think it was a Matter of Life. And yeah. Death and some people were bummed about it. A friend of mine went to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was like. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I hope you like the new record. Yeah. Because uh, 
he said, like, I asked him how it was because that was one of the ones I was thinking of uh, going to. And uh, he was just like, ooh. He's like, it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was Iron Maiden. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a matter of life and death. I had to make sure it was the one with the fucking tank on the front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, he was basically saying, like, yeah, no, they played the entire new new album right. and then a couple of the hits right. on that tour. See, now the cool thing about that was that that album, when, when uh, I downloaded it, obviously, yeah. and then um, I heard it. And I was living at Roy's back then with my sister and, and Roy. And when he got home, I was just like, here, dude. <laughs> Go put, put the, take this, put it in your truck and fucking, yeah. within days we were like, yeah, it's fucking album, Maiden's back, fucking, yeah. you know, we were all into it. So, so I was well versed in that album when it came, but some of the people that I went with were like, what the fuck was that? Man, well, there are some people that they don't want to hear the new shit right. anymore. But then on the next tour, they did all the hits. Yeah. So like, I think they do one in one now. Yeah, because yeah. like Kiss is smart enough to, they put out a couple of records that, mm-hmm. you know, in the last decade or so. Then, but they didn't. They, they play maybe a couple off of one line, mm-hmm. but they know enough. Like, no one wants to fucking go to a Kiss fucking show where they play like all of the brand brand new one at yeah. the expense of any of like the classics. Right. Right. So it's like shit. Somebody's not gonna hear their favorite song. Yeah, no. So a lot of people were not gonna hear their favorite song if that's what they did. Yeah. If yeah. they played one of the entire new albums and then close with rock and roll all night or something, yeah. people are gonna fucking like fight. Like, yeah. Just to be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, boo, throw shit at them. Right. But um, it I takes some no Beth. What the fuck? There's yeah. <laughs> one dude real mad that Beth didn't yeah. play. Yeah. My wife Beth here. Uh, oh yeah, we fucking I proposed to her and just saw uh, we yeah. had to renew our vows. You fucking <laughs> ruined my marriage, kiss. But um, you know, they, that does take some balls to do something like that. Yeah. But I think you gotta know what you're getting yourself into. Like that's that's where looking up the set list pays off. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think so too. Like some people wanna be surprised. Nah, I don't want to be surprised. I don't want to be surprised with a whole brand new album and then yeah. maybe most of my songs I don't I like aren't going to get played. Right. Yeah, <laughs> That's a bad sure. surprise. For sure. Like when I saw Megan at the Slayer, um, they're both doing, um, like Megan at played all of Rust in Peace mm-hmm. and Slayer played all of uh, Seasons in the a New Bits. Mm-hmm. I must have been the anniversary for like both of those albums. Right type of thing yeah and it was cool right because there's a lot of fucking six songs on both of those mm-hmm. and i'm not so into slayer that i've missed out on anything because right. they played you know south of heaven and rain and you know rain yeah. and blood and it was fine right and megadeth they played all of that and then they threw in like one of their new hits and then they played you know a couple of the other hits off of other ones but mm-hmm. it was fine yeah. but yeah all right so I guess we'll wrap it up there. I guess that's it for Iron Maiden. So, so that's it for Maiden. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to be coming back with, uh, I guess, a Misfits pretty soon. Yeah, we're going to have to do Misfits pretty soon. Uh, that's going to be, um, 
with the retirement of the fiends. Yeah, that's going to be our first episode. We're going to have a guest on. Yeah. Uh, we have it locked in when we're going to do it, but uh, a very good friend of both of ours, uh, you know, local comedian, Ryan right. Shores, who's also the guitarist in The Fiends, which were right. uh, Misfits True Band. He's going to sit in with us on that one. Right. Uh, I know that I know the Misfits aren't metal. Right. But they have tides to metal. They're metal adjacent. Yeah. For punk. Yeah. And Danzig went on and did metal. Right. Uh, yeah. So there's a there's a lot of they're one of the few crossover bands I think where. Um, a lot of punk dudes like them, and then a lot of metal dudes like them. Yeah. Because, you know, Metallica's covered Misfits. Right. Yeah, um, Metallica's super into Misfits. Yeah, Guns N' Roses have covered um, yeah. shit like that. Um, so there's that crossover there. So we're going to do that coming up. We got some ideas for other episodes. Yeah. I've, I've been thinking about doing just random deep dive album episodes where we just focus on one specific, like, essential album from a, a band. So we'll see what we fucking hit you with next week. All right. <laughs> so until the next one, this is me, Big Frog. And me, Mike Castleberry. For the Hit the Light podcast, and we're out. <laughs>